0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the Ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress.
1: You guys, listen, I just I want to introduce to you our speaker today. and. Um, He has been connected with our church for many, many, many years. And in the early, or actually the late 80s and 1987... Um, he was sent out from our church, and Pastor George and the elders came alongside him and supported him, which you'll hear about that and what that was like for them. But, you know, Kurt Chanda is uh, he's a great gift to our church. He's, he's kind of like the, the guy when you're around, and he kind of elbows you in the ribs a little bit to kind of get you to keep moving and keep going. And he's a guy of, of great influence, and that's, I'm saying that in a good sense, an elbowed in the rib in the good sense, just so you know that, Kurt. He's the guy who really uh, God has used to impact many different nations. He he oversees many areas of missions, but he works with Frontier Ministries and he's been leading for 20 years. He's been leading teams throughout frontiers and he's working in Kazakhstan, Russia, Southeast Asia, he oversees missionaries and churches and for in the former Soviet Union and China and so he's going to come and challenge us and inspire us and so let's open our hearts and our spirits and let's welcome Pastor Kurt here today. Okay, thanks.
0: It's great to be here. It's uh, it's great to be home. You're you're my people. This is this is where I came from. We uh, I uh, taught over here at the school at FCA, tormented the students in mathematics. I've been right here on these steps, repenting and crying out to God with with some of you and say, God, man, you got to do more. you gotta, you got to change me. you got to make me like you. I've uh, watched my bride walk down the aisle the, over there and take my breath away. And so I was married over there. We were married there. And right over here, right over here, are my daughters, Lauren, Veronica, and Victoria, my girls. if you're actually watching the stream, uh, were dedicated to God right there. So you are my people. I want to be, you you tell me, I'm your people too. (laughs) Not. so listen, you know, it kind of of really doesn't matter because you get to pick your friends, but you're stuck with your family and I'm in the family. It's great to be with you this morning. It's great to be home. Uh, You know, it's also great to have Pastor Jason and, and Cheryl, you know, um, Sometimes you feel like you're swimming upstream to talk about missions because there's so much stuff that's going on in the local church, good stuff, great stuff, but sometimes you feel like the pastor's going, oh, man, he's going to pull some money from Jason and you're Like, man, we're into this. We want to do this. They've done it. They've seen it in their lives and said, so thank you guys for, for doing this stuff and, and being with us. So I understand, I asked a little bit about it, the difference in people. I understand there's like more of the youth attend this service. Is that right? Sorry, the more of the youth attend this are all right. So listen, I love what I do. Talking to Muslims, people that have never met Jesus, seeing people that are demon possessed get free, seeping people get healed. I got a sweet life. I got the best life in the world. But the world and Fife Bible Chapel and Arvada has yet to see what will happen when a generation of young people say, we don't care about anything except Jesus and getting him glorified. I want to just challenge you. The darker the night, the brighter the light, baby. Go where it's not being done. Get out there and do the kingdom. The kingdom was not made for these walls. This is sweet place, man. We come here to connect with God and with one another. But the kingdom, man, it was designed for the streets. It was designed for the gutter. It was designed out for where it isn't. Man, don't settle for this. Man, do something outrageously cool for God. Hey, we're going to, just before I get started, I'm going to dip into this little mystery. And and I'll tell you in a little bit why I'm going to go there. But uh, the mystery comes from Hebrews. I was reading Hebrews chapter 11. I was giving this little devotion uh, to some missionaries. And it says, uh, you can read it here. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is that part of our lives that brings the kingdom of God into reality. We're like, when people need healing, it's faith, man. You go, God can do this thing. He's got this thing. And faith brings that right to where we're living. For by it the men and women of old gave approval. Now, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. I would really love to preach this, baby, because this verse can preach here. Uh, by faith we understand. Now, there is so much that goes on in the world and the kingdom, and, and some Christians have, have got this thing that faith is opposed to intellect. No, absolutely not. Like get into science, get into music, get into your Bible, get everything you can get. I, I, was, I was preparing this, I think, sort of like Legos. My, my girls were really in this time of Legos. and They just got more Legos and different kinds of Legos, and they got boxes of Legos. And When you got tons of Legos, you can do tons of stuff. You can do some very weird stuff if you don't have the directions. See? So, like all those Legos, that's all this stuff. Get your mind, man. Go after God with all of your mind, but you got to get the directions, and that's faith. It's by faith that we understand that the world's came into being. That's not my sermon, but that was a free one. So, that which was seen was not made out of which is visible. Let me tell you real quick how this works, okay? So, if I say something and you think it's kind of cool or funny, and if you, you know, like, give me some feedback, then I'll keep going. So, like... So, when I say, this is a really cool, that was for free, you kind of chuckle, you know, like my godders, you know, when I tell the joke and it's not funny. If you do that, then I won't tell another one. (laughs) Otherwise, I'll keep trying, thinking that, you know, eventually I'll get funny. Now, the next verse here is where I want to go. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he's dead. Now, this is a mystery. Abel is dead. He's still talking today. See, this is what faith does. Faith connects you to the future. What you're doing today is going to impact the future. What you're doing right here impacts future generations. Your life can speak after you're dead. Now, come on, I want to have a life that speaks when I'm dead. I want my life to keep going and keep speaking. And that's what we do when we do stuff in faith. When we talk about missions, when we talk about doing something for the kingdom, you get a chance to make your life speak loud, baby, into the future. So faith is this mystery that goes beyond us. Now, look, here's another. We're going to go past this. At the end of this chapter of faith, it says this verse that, as I was thinking about it, this is really weird. Because it's talking about all these great things that people did by faith. But then the writer says, and these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Now look, I I don't know how this works. I'm just reading the verses here, okay? What I do goes backwards help people that came before me. Your life, as a mystery, influences the people that came before you in some mysterious way. So your life goes this way by faith. You impact the future and you reach back and somehow in the generations of faith Bible chapel that came before you, you, by what you do today, perfect something that they started. You have impact. I don't get it. It's a mystery, all right? So your faith today, what we're going to do today, goes two directions. It goes forward into the future, and it goes backward and somehow influences the past in this mysterious way. Now, look, why am I telling you this stuff? When we're in Kazakhstan, um, it's not unusual to hear an older man grab a young guy on the street or from the neighborhood or coming out and go, hey, I'm a line, Hey, you know, you're a beautiful one, come on over here. It says, Syn, I'd say, which means, who are you? Come on, tell me who you are. And this is the prompt for the young boy to state his genealogy. Kazakhs are supposed to know back seven generations. So he's supposed to go, I am Kurt, son of Richard, son of Alvin, son of John, da-da-da-da-da back, if he's a good Kazakh. Now, what's the funniest thing is to watch Kazakhs get on the train together, and they're talking, like, so who are you, and who are you, and they're going back. So picture this. You go back seven generations, and then you come back to the present. you got a whole stink load of relatives. (laughs) I mean, like, Kazakhs are just related almost all the time. So it's so funny to watch these guys be sitting there having tea, and they're going back, and then they're coming forward, and they go, oh! brother, you know, oh, I didn't know you were my brother, because they know the seven nations. Every Kazakh knows that they are not here. They are not here. They're not their self-identity. They are a product of their ancestors. They're tied into their ancestors and who they are. That's who their identity is. This nonsense that, you know, you sort of, or I, in North America, we exist as this individual units that just somehow came into time. Now, that isn't happening. As we just looked in the mystery, we're a product of this stuff. So What I'm going to tell you, how many of you were here at Faith Bible Chapel in 1993? Raise your hand. Okay, so I would guess about 30% of you. That means about 70% of you have no clue what I'm talking about, about what's going on. But this is your story. This is not my story. This is our story. This mystery is going to come to play today. And so as I tell these things, and you go, well, that happened before I got it. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. It's happened right now. It is a part of who you are. So when I tell these stories, you go, that's my story. That's, I'm a part of this family. So that's why I'm telling you this stuff. Because in 1993, the pastor then, who was Pastor George Morrison really had a burden for the unreached people. So he said, "I believe that God wants to do something among the unreached." Now, I want to just briefly give you a little missiology. That's the study of missions. Here it is. Unreached does not mean unevangelized. So, your neighbor that's never met Jesus is unevangelized. He's waiting for you to go tell him. The unreached peoples of the world are those people, those ethnic people like Kazakhs that if every believer in the whole world told everybody they could about Jesus, they would never hear. There's nobody speaking their language, there's nobody living Jesus in a way that they can understand, and it amounts to about three billion people just shy of, and that's where the Kazakhs were. So when I'm talking about unreached, I'm talking about people that don't have the gospel and can't get it unless someone goes, and the Kazakhs were like that. Eight million people, there were at that time like 10 known believers in the whole place. And so the pastor George, who was the pastor at that time, said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, God's calling us to do something for the unreached, those that have never heard the gospel. And so he took this team and he went to Kazakhstan after I came in and said, This is, this is a sweet opportunity. We got to jump all over this, baby, because God is going to do something here that's going to be amazing. So the pastors and smelters, they went and they came back and said, This is it. We, th- we agree. We think God's going to do this thing. And so they adopted the Kazakhs. Now, When you adopt a kid, it's not like you go and give them your name and then say, you know, pat them on the butt and say, come back in 20 years and tell me how it's going. No, man, they, they become part of your family. You, you bring them in, you feed them, you educate them, you clothe them, you talk them, you train them. Hopefully you get some of that stuff. And then when they grow up, you release them and they do stuff. So when we adopted the Kazakhs, the commitment was to see the gospel come to the Kazakhs. And so that enough of them going to get saved, that they can grow up and tell other people about Kazakhs. That was our commitment to do this. And so the pastors and the elders, they're all in and going, we're going to do this. And so we had this Adoption Sunday. Now, <laughs> Pastor George got this, there's this funky idea that from the parable of the talents... Do you know that story where the, the the master comes and he gives people different stuff to invest, and then he comes back and sees how they did this? <laughs> so Pastor George and the elders and, and the financial team, they said, we're going to give everybody that comes to church 10 bucks. They had it in envelopes. <laughs> Just try and put your mind around this if you weren't there. $60,000 in $10 bills being hidden somewhere in the back with different ushers that you're going to run out and give them to everybody, which, by the way, is a great evangelism strategy if you'd like to try it in the future. Hey, why don't you come to the church? They're giving out money next Sunday. I mean, it was a nutso idea. It was nuts around here. People took this money. They got so excited. They said, I'm going to do something for Kazakhs for Jesus. They took this money, and some ladies were buying uh, fabrics and quilting things and selling them. Other people were buying uh, products for making breakfast burritos and selling them. Some of the youth were like taking the money and making caps, and they were outside here in the church, and they were valeting people as they came in to church to make money. Other people had all kinds of creative ideas. They invested in tutoring supplies, and then they took all the proceeds, and they gave it back. But the place was nuts! I mean, we had this thing where we ate, uh, we sat together and we put tablecloths out on the floor, uh, in the gymnasium, cover the floor, and put Kazakh food, and we were eating with, out of our hands, like Kazakh, so people could get an idea what it would be like. We had business guys that started a business that even is going today. It's an NGO. Received two international awards. We had a whole bunch of people. We had people sending. We had people praying. We had a prayer meeting that lasted for 17 years, every Monday night, a couple hours. Man, you've got to believe that God's going to want to do something, but this is high risk. You don't pass out $60,000 in church usually, most churches that I've been to, and don't expect some glitches. But this church, this body said, we're into this thing, and uh, high risk is high reward. Uh, Bill Johnson's pastor, some of you may have heard, he goes, you spell faith, R-I-S-K. Look, if you want to do something, it's going to cost something. If you want to do something great, man, it ain't going to happen in the pew. You're going to have to get out and do something. So this capital, this uh, venture capital investment in unreached peoples, and that's what it was because most people that went to the unreached, 90% of them didn't make it past four years. It was a risky adventure. And let me just tell you, I'm going to tell you some more stories. Zero known Kazakhs in our city. Maybe 12. 25,000 today. <laughs> okay, do you hear my voice? It's a little bit hoarse. That's because like when Pastor Jason said, let's shout to God, i like, I gave it all I worth. Okay, 25,000 never before Muslims are now following Jesus. Can you, can you give that another? Can, Amen. God, that's kind of God stuff that you got to go, that is so awesome. And you and we, that's our story. That's our heritage. That's what we're doing. And let me know, as I'm sitting down here and listening to Pastor Jason go nuts up here, my sense is that now I'll bet bet God wants to do something brand new. I think he's ready for us as a community, as a people of God at Faith Bible Chapel to take a new risky adventure. I know, Pastor Jason, I I seriously doubt he'll get upset if you want to do something so radical for God, so risky for God, that it takes faith in God to show up. I think that's where we're, I just have this sense, Pastor Jason, that that God is beginning partly through your new leadership, partly through this new season, there are some new things coming to Faith Bible Chapel that are just going to the doors off of people's minds and understandings of who God is and what he can do in the world. Man, you guys, God, okay, man, you're making me want to move back to Kazakhstan, from Kazakhstan right now to see what's going to happen. This is going to be awesome. So God did this fantastic stuff, and I want you to know about it because it's our story together. Now, Jesus, as he's getting ready to go, he said a number of things, and one of the things I want to talk about today is John chapter uh, uh, twenty one. He says, Jesus, 20, he says, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. With that, he breathed on them, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Jesus is sending people. Now, this, this is what John says about the Great Commission. But this is not the only place that Jesus said this kind of thing. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, Jesus says this kind of thing. And they're all slightly nuanced. They're a little bit different. But they're all that Jesus is sending. Now, this is not like, oh, 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 dang, man, the angel's pulling my arm. By the way, I forgot to tell you something, guys. This is the culmination. This is saying, look, at all this stuff we've been doing, this is what it's about is that you take it and you do the stuff out there in the nations, this is what it's about. This is not an afterthought. This is the main thing. This is right at the center. And let me just tell you, the reason I am so confident to tell you it's not an afterthought is because it runs through the whole Bible. This is God's idea from the beginning. Now, some of you, I don't have time to, to do this whole thing, but let me just make it real short. In Galatians chapter 3, Paul says, and God foreseeing that he would justify the Gentiles by faith. And he, if, listen, if you're not Jewish... You're Gentile, in case you're not familiar with that distinction. And we were cut off from the people of God, outside of the wall. But God, way back then, seeing that you and I would be sitting here today and the, the Kazakhs would be would, because he would justify the Gentiles, he preached the gospel to Abraham. Check it. The gospel, okay, so the good news over here in Jesus all the way, follow that back to Abraham saying, I will bless you and through you Bless all the nations of the earth. That's why I can confidently say to you, this is not an afterthought. This is at the very center of what God has been doing. He's been looking for a people that he can pour out his blessing on so that they can be a blessing to the nations. We are descendants of Abraham, Paul says. By faith, we become part of that promise, that covenant, and this stuff right here. This is what God was talking about to Abraham, and he's talking about it still. He says, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. So in 1993, the elders and the pastors of this church, they laid hands on some people from this congregation. They came out of this congregation. Doug and Donna Randall, if you're here, they were part of that initial team. They laid hands on us, and they sent us. They said, God's doing this. We're doing it together, and we are sending you. Now listen, when you get sent, you got to leave location. That's kind of how it works. It could be across the street to your neighbor, or it could be all the way to Kazakhstan. And they sent us. And they sent us to a place where there wasn't any Jesus. And we got a little video just to give you, just a picture, just a taste of what that place was like that we went to. When I first came here, I'd, I'd hear people praise Lenin, praise Stalin. Stalin, how could they praise Stalin? They killed so many of their own people. And I think some of it is the good old days. Um, you know, like, oh, it was so much better then, and, and just kind of that, that mentality. But a lot of it, I think, had to do with their values. They were a superpower, and now they're not. It was a beautiful. I don't, belong. I don't belong. I mean, my heart's desire is that it's not what a and double, and it's not Curtin Diana doing it, or it's not my ideas, but that it is the Lord's, and that it's and it's truly built with precious stones. Because otherwise, I don't want to be here. I mean, it, it costs too much to be here, and. Um, i i want i want to build with the precious jewels i want to do god's will. there's so many good things to do here there's there's so many needs it's overwhelming here and I see people really suffer and it just it really hurts my heart and I just I just think I don't want them to suffer in this world like they do and then go to hell I want them to go to, to heaven I want them to um, have a relationship with God and that's their only way out of their suffering oh, When people don't know Jesus, when people don't have the life of God in them, everything is wrong. This was a dark, dark place. When we told Kazakhs that we were going to this city, they said, what are you, nuts? Kazakhs get out of that city. Police get, get to retire early for after 15 years of service if they go to that city. That's how bad it is. They don't, no one wants to go there. Why would you go there? Because in the darkness, the light shines the brightest. And for five years we labored and we tried to teach the gospel. Hey, Jesus, Jesus is what the world needs. He's the message and he's the way. Some people think like, oh, you know, we can fix this poverty problem without Jesus. No, man, you cannot. You can make a temporary alleviation in suffering, but Jesus is life. And he until Jesus gets in there, man, the thing doesn't work. The wheels come off down the thing. You can make it look good for a while, but, man, if you don't have Jesus, the wheel comes off. And we're trying to talk to people about Jesus, and we're working with the poor. And, man, I... Look, if someone had showed up from the church counseling, they would have told us to leave because we were clinically depressed. It was so hard, and the suffering was so much. And then, then, man, heaven broke loose. We weren't doing stuff different, but God decided to show up into the game. And that changes everything, brothers and sisters. When God shows up in the game, (laughs) Baby, it's a new game altogether. So, we haven't seen anybody that wants to know Jesus. And these two girls knock on our teammates' door and they go, Hey, we heard you guys can lead us to the way of God. Would you really need to tell us about Jesus? My br- this brother comes to me and he goes, These two girls said this is the door. I go, that ain't happening. That's the KGB. They're trying to set us up because nobody shows up at your door and knocks and asks about Jesus. I'm sorry, that doesn't happen. So his wife says to him, invite him back for tea, and you can talk to him and see what it doesn't. So we go through these questions, you know. This is what they need to know, you know. So they come over, they come in, the wife's serving them tea, and he says, him, look, you don't want to, you're Muslims, right? We're Muslims, right? Okay. You don't want to follow Jesus because you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have persecution and your dad's gonna kick you out of the house, and get beat up. Besides, you know, this is probably not-you probably don't understand. They go, No, we understand, we understand I mean, We re, we want to get in on this God thing we need to know God and he goes no you don't get it so then he goes back and you know, he preaches some more gospel and says to him this is not like a decision like raise your hand thing and get some American money this is like follow God with all of your heart you know you got to give everything yeah yeah we got it that's really really what we want you know and he starts again he rewinds the tape and goes they can't be serious about this his wife walks in with a cup of tea she goes honey this is like over an hour after honey she says I think they want to get saved why don't you let them When <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, you know, so they show up here, people are having dreams and visions of Jesus, he's coming to them, we're telling the same stuff, but now God's in the game, and people are having dreams and visions about uh, the things, and people are getting revelation, we're seeing people, were are healed, and one of those, we got this guy in the village, you know, and he gets saved through some totally ridiculous idea that we came up to reach for people, for Jesus in the village, and So I'm meeting with him and I'm talking to him about Jesus. So we're building a great relationship. We're looking at the Bible and he's going like, "So Jesus does this stuff? Yeah, Jesus does this stuff." So we're living in the city. He's living in a village about 45 minutes away. And one day I get this frantic call from him, "Uh, "Korhanbek, Korhanbek, you got to come." Korhanbek is my Kazakh name because Kurt, my American name, said Kurt means cheese ball. (laughs) So I go by Korhanbek, which is like defender of the castle, baby. So that sounds pretty cool. So he calls me, my cow is really sick and it's going to die. You've got to come right away. And he's a young believer, and uh, uh, you've got to know that for, for Kazakhs who are nomadic, uh, animals are like sh- money in the bank. You know, it's like someone saying, hey, we're fraud and I'm losing all the money So he calls me, so I grab my Bible, probably my Kazakh Bible, I run out to the street, and I jump in the little van that's going to go out to the village, and I sit down in the van, and I'm just kind of, like, and then it hits me. I don't know any Bible verses about cows. (laughs) So I'm going, Jesus, you gotta help me. He's a new believer. You know, we can't, you you know, we worked for five years to see this. You gotta do something. Jesus, (laughs) help me, Jesus. You know, you get real, <laughs> you get real desperate. You know, when people are sending you money to see people come to Jesus, and you haven't seen anyone, you finally got someone. So I said, God, you got to do something. You got to. And the Holy Spirit speaking to me he goes, Mark 16. And I told you that you know Jesus says the Great Commission like five different times, and then Mark 16 is one of them. And I say to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, I know, I know, I know, I know what it says. God, help me. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? You got to give me a verse. And the Holy Spirit says to me, Mark 16. And I said, I know Mark 16. And the Holy Spirit says, Read Mark 16. And I say, I already know what it says. I, do you ever have these conversations with God like what? <laughs> He's telling you something, and you're not really paying attention. So finally, the Holy Spirit's like, read Mark 16. I go, all right. And I pull out my English Bible, and so it says, you know, go and preach the gospel to all those. And these signs shall accompany them, and they will believe. You know them, right? It says, you know, they should pick up snakes, and any deadly things shall not they drink to drink. They'll lay hands on sick people, and they'll get recovered. Except when I read the verse again, it says that they shall lay hands on the sick. Except said, it doesn't say people right there, it just says the sick. <laughs> pulled out my Kazakh Bible, flip that baby open and go, ha! And Kazakh it says, it doesn't say what's getting sick, it just says the sick. And then and I'm like, ha, ha, hallelujah, you know. So I uh, get off the van, I run into the go, take the cow, I take my Kazakh Bible, and we're out there with the cow, and I said, all right, brother, so read the scripture right here. They shall lay hands on the sick things, and they get well. I go, is that a sick thing? That's a sick thing. We lay hands on the cow, the cow gets healed. Yeah, like when God's in the house, you know, it, it goes a lot better. I mean, crazy, crazy stuff were happening. So, I mean, we saw persecution. We saw, we saw stuff, you know, we saw, you know, ladies being dragged through the snow by the hair with their husbands because they were following of Jesus and she's singing as he's dragging her through the snow. We saw healing. We saw whole families come to faith. Does anyone want to say, God, you're awesome? Because... God sent us, the church sent us out here, and he sent us to this dark place. And we got to see this stuff with our hands now. This verse said, as the Father sent me, so send I you. Now, how did the Father send Jesus? Oh, man, let me tell you about my Jesus. I love the Gospel of John. John gets Jesus in a way that, man, I just... There's this part in this movie called The Princess Princess Bride, or in this other movie, where the guy just can't even get the words. It's so like us, and That's how I feel right now. Jesus, John gets Jesus in a way that just hits me deeply in this. And look at what John said about my Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and he was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. This Jesus, my Jesus, was living with God. He had everything in beauty and power and splendor. The angels worshiped him daily. He just got majesty and power and light and stuff all the time, living in this place of glory and wonder. And he was a part of the center. And in him was life. Oh, man, Jesus is life. You know what Muslims need? They need life. Do you know what people that you live next to and you work with they need? They need life. And this word, this Jesus, he was life itself. Very life. And life was light and suddenly darkness dispels when Jesus comes into the picture. That's my Jesus. This is him. Now look at what my Jesus did. Look at what my Jesus did. Because that Jesus who had all of that, he became flesh. The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the only Son who came from the Father. Full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. The way the Father sent Jesus into the world is to become like us to put aside all of that and to get down into the dirt with you and I and figure out what it is to be human. Now listen, he didn't snap a switch and this stuff came on. He learned. He learned language. He learned culture. It says in Hebrews that even though he was a son, he learned obedience through the things he suffered. My Jesus, my Jesus got down into the trench, got down with sick people, got down and learned what it meant to be human. Now what kind of Person is that? That's a person full of love. God so loved that He put Jesus in this place, and that's what it means to be sent like Jesus. It means to be among the people, to get them, to be right in there and trenching with them, to learn their language. Hey, you're like missionary one-on-one. You got to learn the language of the people that you're trying to communicate good news to. So, my wife and I were living. With a Kazakh family, part of it is to learn what Kazakhs are like, and part of it is to learn language. And so we're learning language, and she stays home with him one day. It's a big family. And I go to work, and they say, we're going to teach you something really cool. So when your husband comes, you can say to him in Kazakh, I love you, which is in Kazakh. So she's practicing this all day, and I'm at work. And so I walk in the door after work, and like, I'm greeted by this like audience. You know, there's the mother, the father, the grandmother, they got six kids, they got a couple of aunts there, and there's my wife. I'm like, oh, you know, this is a little odd. And so my wife is getting there all just waiting because they've been teaching all day, and she says, Mien yemen. And I don't know if you can hear the difference, but Mien yemen, and, Mien yemen. what she said to me is, I pee on you. I mean, they were, ro- they were rolling on the floor, just crying with laughter. Man, when you, get, when you want to get Jesus in the gun and flesh and mission, you want to be with, G- with Kazakhs and to be like a Kazakh, you're going to make some mistakes. But that's what our Jesus did. My Jesus, your Jesus, he got down and he sent us and he sent us into the Kazakh to be with them. And because when Jesus becomes Kazakh, oh, baby, the whole thing flies when they understand this is not a foreign God, when they understand that God loves them and moves into the neighborhood, this is what, I don't know if we still got that verse, this is what uh, the, the, the message says, the word became flesh and bled and moved into the neighborhood. Jesus moved into the neighborhood and became a Kazakh. He was right there with them. And Muslims look at this and go, no, are you telling me, are you telling me that God took flesh and pooped? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He loved us enough to move into the neighborhood to go. Oh, get out of here, man. That's so wrong. They can't get their heads around. He moved into the neighborhood so that he could speak our language. He could suffer with us. And that's what we're called to do. to be sent like Jesus is to move in with people and share their pain, to share their suffering. Now there is some really jacked up stuff going on about how to reach Muslims. Don't do this stuff, okay? You know, don't, you know, don't think that they're, uh, they need to be killed. I heard people in church say the only good Muslim is a dead Muslim. Oh, come on, people. The best way to send them to, to, to judgment, they said. Other people say, oh, you know, the Muslims, they're worshiping the moon god, you know, and so they're worshiping a demon. Listen, the word God in English comes from the German Gott, which came from a tribal deity of the Germans in the forest. Now, when you say, oh, God, I love you, are you calling on a demon? Jeez, come on now, people. This is not how it's done. We get down in the dirt and we talk the language. We learn the language so that we're speaking the same language with Muslims. All my friends are Muslims, take it slow. Wait for them to ask you who you know. Do you guys know that song? Yeah. Yeah, They don't over on this side, so that's for you. We get down and that's how God sends us, is that he wants the gospel to be incarnate again. See, this is the message of Christmas. This is why Christmas preaches every day of the year, is because God with us, the Father come and sent Jesus. Now, when Kazakhs get this stuff, when Kazakhs get that it's not just about them, that it's not some foreign religion, that Jesus is Kazakh, that he's moved into the neighborhood. And when Kazakhs start to tell other Kazakhs this, guess what? They get sent and the fire ignites. Some of you that might have read my newsletters know this brother. This is just mine. this is like my. My brother, man, he's a Kazakh, we do stuff together, we preach Jesus together. He says, God is calling me, he's sending me, man, to Russia. There are 600,000 Kazakhs and not one of them has heard about Jesus in Kazakh. We've got to go. So we go up there and we... and." and uh, <laughs> He and I, I mean, we can barely stand it. We're up among Kazakhs, never heard Jesus. We're like, come on, man, God, come on. Who do we talk to? He's, co- <laughs> He's going to ladies and goes, you know, and they're buying some meat. He's going, can I tell you about Jesus? We can't stand it if there's Kazakh stuff. And so finally someone calls us and says, hey, um, I got some my relatives, and they heard that there's this Kazakh from Kazakhstan in town in Russia, and they'd like to hear what you got to say. Would that be cool? We're like, oh, awesome. Where are they? Well, they're shepherds. I'm not really sure where they are. I, I don't know if we've got these pictures. I don't know if we can fly them through because it's, it's pretty good. So, uh, not that guy. That's the guy that had the cow. It's these guys, right? This is his family right there. So, these guys, we're up in Kazakhstan, we're in here. And so, these shepherds call us and we get in a car and we go and find these shepherds. And you can do the next one if you got it ready. Okay, this is the road. Literally, this is the road we are on. And the lady stands, gets out of the car that's related to the guy, stands on the car with the cell phone going, yeah, okay, we got two roads here. Which one do we go? You know. So we go a little bit further, and I think there's another one here. Yeah, so we finally show up, and here's some sheep. That's a good sign if you're looking for shepherds, sheep. And then we keep going a little bit further, and we find their house right here. This is where they're living, out in the middle of nowhere, this group of Kazakh shepherds. And this Kazakh brother, I say to him, listen, I'm going to take this slow. Gonna start from Genesis, you Just we're just gonna build relationship with them because that's what Kazakhs do, you know. And so, drink tea, see how they're doing, see if there's a chance that God moves in. Man, the lady serves the tea, and the guy's like, "I got here to tell you about." You. He can't help himself. He's just like, "I," and he just his whole life testimony, every Bible verse he's ever learned in his life. He's just laying it out for an hour and a half, and these and these shepherds are just looking at us, you know. I don't say anything. So four hours later, after they, they killed the sheep for us, you know, and had the fresh sheep and all that kind of stuff, four hours later I go, okay, they haven't asked a question. I'm guessing we're done here, you know. So we get in the car and go back, and it goes, you know, that's kind of not what I expected. I thought we talked about, you know, taking it slow, you know. you know. I says, I couldn't help myself. I was so excited. So a day later, the lady calls us up and says, those guys and their wives We're so taken. They want to know if you can come back and pray for them. Because a Kazakh. (laughs) See, Jesus became Kazakh in my brother now. They went, I don't know who the white dude is, but man, Jesus is in this guy, and he's Kazakh. God's still sending. He's sending you and me, he's sending us. Listen, I tried to share that mystery at the beginning. Here's the mystery. God is sending us. He's sending you, and some of you are hearing these stories, and you your your heart is on fire. It's like raging fire in your belly, like the prophet said. You know what God's probably calling you? probably calling you to be the sender. God's calling you to go out there and preach the gospel. God, you're like, i got to do this, man. If I don't do this, I don't want to do anything else in my life. You get a hold of Pastor Jason. You get a hold of Christian. You say, look, man, God, I think he's calling me to go to these places. And you connect up because the church wants to do new stuff in this day that's going to rock the nations. But let me tell you, when you send me, You, we, we are being sent. We're being sent together. It's a mystery. You and me are in this together. It didn't mean Kazakhstan. We went to Kazakhstan. God sent us to Kazakhstan, and he's still sending us. And you know what else? He's also sending you to the neighbor next door. He's sending you to the taxi driver. He's sending you to the butcher. He's sending you to the cashier to be like a cashier. Paul said to the Jews, I became like a Jew. To the Gentiles, I became like a Gentile. To those without the law, "I was known without like the law. Like a Muslim, I'll become like a Muslim so that in any way Muslims might come to faith. So God may not be sending you personally. He's sending us corporately to the nations. But he may be sending you personally to incarnate Jesus for your neighbor. Come on, man. Go be Jesus. Be a sent one to your neighbor. And they go, oh, man, Jesus lives in my neighborhood. Right over there at 8110. Jesus is also sending us today because you're sitting right now in your wallet and your pocketbook. You're sitting on a whole bunch of missionaries. I told you I taught it. Faith Christian Academy. Well, before that, I taught at Jesus Center. And at Jesus Center, my salary was $10,000 when I started. My first staff meeting, they said, hey, we had a little problem with the budget. We're going to cut your salary 10%. Okay, I'm Okay, a math teacher, so I'll do that for you. So $10,000 minus 10% is $9,100. Now, you cannot live on that money. So God did that. So the students knew this because we were, really, they were all in this thing together. And the parents, and they all knew that we were stuff. And so they helped us. And so the students, I'd be preaching missions. To these students, and "Man, you want to make your life count. You want to do something for Jesus, man. Don't, don't settle, man. Do something great. And they would get on these short-term missions things. And they go, Mr. Chanda, or Mr. C, they call me. So Mr. C, you know, we did what you did. We're going to go to Nicaragua. And you know you got no money, man. Don't, you know, we're not asking you to give. We're not asking you. To, we're just asking you to send. And I said, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you stop me from having a piece of the fruit in Nicaragua? Because those babies, those are my missionaries. Those dollars there, I'm sending them and they're being seed and they're going into that soil and I'm going to reap a harvest. And so if I couldn't give a lot, I would give something. And today, you, oh man, do not leave here and don't make something great happen with the missionaries that are in your bank account. And don't make something not happen with these missionaries that are right here on your tongue. Man, pray, pray, pray. Bring the kingdom to earth. Pray like you actually think God's listening. Come on, have you been in a prayer meeting where you went like, man, if I was God, I wouldn't show up. Pray like (laughs) God is listening and he's right there and he wants to do it. Because if you don't do something now, you're going to miss it. You know, people said, I lost Jesus. Well, maybe Jesus sent you and he's there waiting like he's the disciples and you forgot to follow and he's over there. So come on now, you're going to need to do something. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's how the things, and guess what? When you keep the commandments, you get more revelation. So Pastor Jason's going to come and talk about, now how can we together move forward and do something with what we've heard today is Jesus is gonna send us. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.